Hey folks, it's Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you are listening to a new episode of Successfully Funded. Here we go. Let's turn it up. Yeah! All right, crowdfunders. How is everybody doing out there in the land of the crowdfund? Hopefully you guys are doing well. It's been a few weeks since I've done an episode. We took a little bit of time off here to uh, just to gather ourselves, and we've been we've been quite busy going on over here. Um, we had a, a launch yesterday that's going well so far. Um, and just things are pretty energetic around here. Uh, we're working on quite a bit of equity campaigns right now, which is always intriguing. Um, and we're just keeping it going. But before we get into that, let me introduce myself. My name is Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel. I am the host of Successfully Funded. And here on the podcast, we talk to project creators while they're in the middle of active campaigns or their campaign has just finished up. So that way, we are getting the most up-to-date information on what they're doing behind the scenes to be successful, how they've got to the point where you know they've raised a healthy amount of money they've got a bunch of backers and that's what we're doing here so if you're a project creator this is an uh, amazing opportunity to learn about what people are working on if you're thinking about designing a product uh, in the coming years or the coming months whatever it might be this is what's going on behind the scenes and we sort of break down some of these strategies how to use Kickstarter and what to look for. So that's going to be going on today. So today we talked to Yi. He's from the uh, uh, Kickstarter campaign Optimus, which is about premium luggage at a revolutionary price. Um, and they've got about a week to go if you're listening to it today. And they have almost a thousand backers um, for their luggage. And it was a really great conversation because we really kind of talk about design features and and really how your mind should be working um, when it comes to laying out a page, laying out a product design. Um, and we're going to be talking about luggage. So that conversation is coming up here in just a moment. So what else has been going on around here? Well, it's just constantly raining here in Detroit. Um, I woke up to thunderstorms today, and uh, it's, I've, we've had uh, games canceled, softball games. We've had uh, football games canceled. I mean, it just feels like it's constantly raining. That's what's going on here. So it's it's kind of that Eeyore weather, right? It's so like, no. Um, but I wanted to talk a little bit around... Uh, in my intro here, before we get to the interview with with, uh, with Optimus Luggage, I want to talk a little bit about communication inside of a Kickstarter. So we just launched one yesterday, and I think we do a pretty good job of explaining exactly how crowdfunding works, right? Like how, how, how you pick your reward. We do gifts, we do screenshots, we walk. I mean, we try to hold people's hand. And no matter how much you do, you have to find a way not to get frustrated when you when you get to people who just can't understand it so i'll give you an example i've got um i literally this morning was i've been messaging back with a guy named gary uh and gary is uh well he's not the smartest bulb in the in uh, maybe he's not the brightest crayon in the box how about that that's a good analogy uh, so he keeps asking how much are the kickstarters how much is it how much is it now granted we've got you go to the link and there's literally i think you know 15 different ways to purchase uh max so we've got the pricing everywhere so I, I'm responding to him. I sent him to the link, um, and his response back is, "This thing costs twenty-three thousand dollars." And mind you, that's where we are right now uh, in terms of our raise. It's like, no, you don't have to pay twenty-three thousand dollars. You need to look to the thing that says this product costs two ninety-nine, <laughs> right? So no matter what you do, you have to find the strength internally to one, not be a dick, because my default setting is be a dick, because it's just like, how are you functioning in the world? How, how, how are you handling day-to-day -day business? You know, do you, you know, 
that stuff blows my mind and it is just a website but how are you doing this stuff how are you inside a messenger how you know how are you participating in this stuff so it really comes down to um you know being direct with that communication being on top of it never showing that emotion of like i'm frustrated with you um because ultimately i guess people just don't know uh, so i'm in one of those moments right now so i i thought this would be a good opportunity to kind of talk about that we, we didn't talk about this in the interview or anything like that but just how simple and dumbed down the communication need to be for the average person to understand that they're pre-ordering something they're going to get it in, you know, in, in January because I know that'll be our next questions of like, hey, I bought this thing. When do I get it? You, you didn't re watch the video, read anything, click on anything. You just, you know, you just made an impulse buy, which I guess that that, that 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 exists. You just have to kind of work through it. So so I just kind of say this out as a, as a word of caution. Make sure that you're really on top of your communication. Make sure you're checking all your channels. Like I, I mentioned uh, to my to the project creator on Monday we are, when we have our launch call. You know, you've got communications happening on five or six different channels. You've got Facebook comments from ads, Facebook comments from just posts. Instagram going on. Uh, you might have stuff over on LinkedIn. You've got emails coming in. You've got Messenger coming in. You've got comments on the Kickstarter page itself. Then you need to be doing Facebook Lives and Kickstarter Lives. And it just, it can get overwhelming. There's no doubt about it. So it's important that you kind of stay with it, stay on top of that communication and, uh, and just keep it going. So all right, what else is going on here? What else is going on? Well, school's getting close to ending here, so we're putting together our summer schedule. Uh, school ending is a stressful time on the business, on myself, um, and it comes down to, uh, you know, I work, we work from home, right? We, we, are, we are not out in the wild in offices, so having my children home most of the summer, um, meaning constant distraction, well, that's that makes it tough running an agency. So uh, we're trying to figure out some some solutions to uh, to knock down that uh, intensity that I know is coming because last year it hit us hard. Um, so we're trying to put that together right now. I mean, we, we've got we got the summer camps I think pretty much lined up, but summer camps, man, those can get expensive. So we just dropped a ton of cash on that, which. You know, I mean, seriously, this goes back to a previous round. How, how do kids get like three months off from school? How, how does this work? I mean, this this isn't how life works. I don't get to take three months off, you know? I mean, so like we're setting them up to be like, yeah, you got nothing to do, you know? And then like we saw my son, he digressed, uh, digressed a little bit in reading and math over the summer. And it's like, you know, even though we're on top of it, it's like, well, yeah, but they're not focused on it. So why, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? And it, it makes it tough, man. It really does make it tough on people. So... All right, all right, all right. I, I'm ranting. So, all right. Why don't we go ahead and kick my conversation? But before we do that, a couple of uh, house cleaning things for me. If you are a fan of the podcast, please make sure you uh, are a subscriber, and you can subscribe on almost any platform out there. Um, past that, what else can you do for me? Maybe leave a reward. Tell your friends. Tell your parents. Tell your mom and dad. I don't know. Tell tell people around you. Tell your grandma that you really like this episode and you think that other people should. Uh, or go and actually support um, uh, the Kickstarter Optimus luggage. Go get some new luggage. That would be really helpful to the uh, to Yi, the project creator there. Uh, so a lot of stuff you can do here. Uh, but make sure you're a subscriber. And uh, all right, let's go ahead and get my conversation. Well, the red light's on, so the podcast has begun. Let's start with a, uh, a quick sound check. Uh, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Uh, cereal. What kind of cereal? 
<laughs> cornflakes. Cornflakes. All right. So just some cornflakes, huh? Now, are you, uh, you put anything special on them at all or just right in the bowl, some milk? Yeah, right in the bowl, some milk, and I have some orange juice to go with it. All right. All right. Very cool. Very cool. That's a solid breakfast. I think my kids had that breakfast this morning. Uh, oh. So, yeah, that's a, that's a solid one. Awesome. Right, so is that your favorite cereal or is that just what was in the house? That's one of the things I go to. Yeah. Okay. All right. What, how did cornflakes become the uh, top of the top of the cereal chain there? Uh, not sure. I, 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 I rotate between a couple of things. I do a bit of honey, oats, honey and oats as well. <laughs> I like the honey and oats. The, the local bread, uh, uh, some bread from the local bakeries, but yeah. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Cool. Awesome. Well, I think we're sounding good here. Let's go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, so why don't you tell my listeners a little bit about what you're raising money for uh, over on Kickstarter? Okay. Um, so we're raising money for a, a new brand of premium luggage that's made at a revolutionary price. Uh, the luggage is built with uh, all the top-of-the-line materials, such as your YKK zippers, Hinomoto wheels, uh, German polycarbonate shell. Uh, our whole concept is that we're building a very basic luggage, but uh, built with the best possible components that will last for a very long period of time. And the best of the idea is that we're doing this direct-to-consumer through a very grassroots approach so that we're able to pass on all the savings to the customers, and we're be- which is why we're able to achieve um, a price point that's uh, more than half of uh, what the bigger brands sell at. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So how did you get into you know designing luggage and making luggage? How did this become what you're working on every day? So I've actually been in the luggage industry for a while. So okay. uh, I know luggage very well. Uh, actually, I, I think I've been in the luggage uh, industry for the past uh, seven to eight years already. So well, uh, real quick, how does somebody get into the luggage industry? Like, how, what does that mean? Like, I've never thought about the luggage as an industry. Like, how do you get into it? Is like, uh, is it something you study? It's actually a family business. Uh, okay, all right. In the business beforehand. Um, so which is I learned uh, about luggage when I was fairly young. So I knew yeah. a lot about luggage starting out. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I've done a lot of things uh, in the luggage industry already uh, from, uh, from work, working in actual plants, uh, opening up actual factories in China, mm-hmm. um, to doing e-commerce, distribution, brand building. So I was very familiar with uh, the entire uh, aspects uh, of the luggage supply chain. And then I was looking at the, um, you know, the, uh, looking at the industry. Mm-hmm. Luggage as an industry is a very, a very archaic and very old industry, right. uh, very traditional. Um, not a lot of new players coming on board. It's the same brands, your Samsonites and whatnot, uh, that are uh, doing well um, and selling all, in all the stores. Um, and then uh, recently, there was another uh, a brand that's coming that, that, that came up that's that was doing very well called Away. Um, uh, it's a very good brand built with very nice materials, uh, and they also use the same direct to consumer approach. But then. Because I'm in the industry, I know very well uh, what the cost should be. I'm mm-hmm. looking at their product. Even though they are saying they're doing a direct-to-consumer approach, the price point is really high mm. <laughs> for, uh, for, that, for, um, uh, for the product. And then I, which is why it got me thinking. I'm like, huh, so someone really should come out and do this, you know, uh, bring this idea um, of doing uh, great components, great materials, but at an actually affordable price, sure. which is how I uh, got this whole thing started. That's great. So what's been some of like, what's, what's a typical roadblock or, uh, you know, design curve that you have to get around when you're sort of designing a, a piece of luggage, trying to hit price points, trying to obviously sell some profit in there. What particularly in this project has there been like scenarios where you're like, well, we just couldn't do this or this couldn't happen. Has there been anything like that? 
Absolutely. Um, so I guess uh, roadblocks uh, for me come from a couple of perspectives. The first thing is the manufacturing side. So uh, we haven't been in the industry for a very long time. That was actually the easier, it's much easier for me than a person who's jumping into a brand new industry. Mm -hmm. uh, but still, so MOQs and uh, the, uh, the fact of the getting all the right materials, that's a tough part. Mm -hmm. um, so you need to get all the, find all the right components and being able to uh, piece them together at a price that you can actually afford. Now we want to build this, uh, these um, uh, luggage at the best factories. And these factories, they tend to cost a lot. <laughs> they're right, not, right. They not easy to work <laughs> with um, because they are used to working with the, the bigger brand names such mm -hmm. as your, uh, your Toomey's, your Remoas, and your Samsonite's. Yeah. So when you're a small potato, you know, you're not taking <laughs> it seriously. Um, so that's the first challenge that we did. The second challenge is uh, like, you, like what you were saying, price points, right? Um, because our whole idea is that we want to introduce this product at a much lower price than what everybody else is doing right now. Now, our, fundamentally, our model helps us a little bit because uh, right now you're, uh, the traditional um, big players, such as your Samsonites, they need to sell, uh, their, their idea is that they need to sell through a lot of the stores, your Macy's and uh, your, your Bloomingdale's and whatnot, which have a high markup. So we are selling direct to consumers through Kickstarter. Uh, so that helps us to lower the cost a little bit. Right. Um, but yeah, hitting the price point was very difficult because we don't know how much, of, how much we have to spend on marketing, how much we need to spend on everything. And if we amortize all of our development costs into it, then it will be a very, very expensive luggage. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so, I, so I guess when you're sort of talking to, you know, somebody that's not looking at it right now or they're, you know, they're just in their car driving and they're listening to this podcast, yeah. how are you describing the luggage in terms of design, look and feel? Because for me, looking at it right now, it looks awesome, right? That's why we're talking. I was like, this is a cool looking piece of luggage. It looks like it's built really well. But how are you describing it to, to kind of an average day person that's not seeing it? Yeah. So uh, our concept, uh, when, we looked at, when we looked at the building the new luggage brand, we looked at a couple of things, right? First, we took a look at the, we asked the questions to a lot of people. What were the core functionalities? What are the core functions in the piece of luggage that you need? Uh, we act, and then we looked at adding a lot of auxiliary uh, functions, such as GPS tracking, such as auto weighing scales, such as a battery pack. Well, are these things really necessary? And at the end of the day, we decided to drive home a piece of uh, a very fundamentally basic luggage. We don't have a lot of bells and whistles like mm -hmm. some of the premium luggage offers, we, but we have the best components. Right. Uh, like what I was saying about the YKK zippers, Hinomoto wheels. For people who don't know, uh, YKK is the industry standard for mm -hmm. zippers. Yep. Hinomoto wheels are also recognized as the best in the industry. Very expensive, but very good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Um, so durability and functionality, I believe, is the uh, most important thing in a piece of luggage for uh, for a majority of travelers out there. Now, there's always going to be a few people who want to have the you know, the, 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 the fanciest gadget out there with all different <laughs> Right. But um, I believe most people, they will want a, uh, a sturdy piece of luggage that will work well for them. Uh, and then on top of that, we added in scratch-resistant uh, surfaces so mm -hmm. that uh, in the long run, uh, when we're talking about 10 years down the road, it'll still look very good. Well, I think that's a, I think that's a smart approach because sometimes when I look at um, and again I'm on Kickstarter almost every day and I see I mean there is a healthy amount of the gimmick luggages I mean ones that follow you around and you know they've got a gazillion things plugged into you know it's it's almost everything but a piece of luggage I guess for me even on my end I'm looking at those and going you know 
something's breaking in you know 16 we, you know 16 months and it's like eh, my luggage is back to just being a luggage but now it's not really doing anything very well it's not actually being a, a great piece of luggage it's not you know holding up on on uh, dents and scratches or whatever and now all the, the power banks don't work and the you know the cell phone charger doesn't work or whatever it might be in there uh, and at some point now you just have just something sitting in your closet and i think that's a smart w- way that you guys have approached this in terms of this is something you're going to have for 10 years, maybe even longer, you know, in terms of a, of, of a solid piece of luggage. I think that was a really smart move. Uh, so, you know, what for you then, I mean, as you're being a project creator and, and you're in this industry, what is it for you that sort of keeps you motivated and keeps you going? I mean, what, what, what is it behind the scenes of, of trying to run Kickstarters and stuff? How did you get into like becoming an entrepreneur and working in the luggage industry? Well, this for me, uh, I'm thinking that um, one of the most important things that i really believed in this project. Uh, first, when I initially had the thought and I did a basic cost analysis to see that it could potentially work, um, then I felt like, hey, this is actually something that's really good for the market. Mm-hmm. It's actually something that people actually need. You know, Instead of uh, bringing something that I don't think will work for people, uh, this is something I actually need. Then I did a lot of validations. I uh, did a lot of uh, surveys. I talked to random strangers about uh, whether or not this is something that they would need. And the overall feedback that I've gotten was very, very positive. Um, I've even run a, uh, a small test uh, mm-hmm. of a test website uh, to try and sell some of the luggage before we even made it. Mm-hmm. And the test results were also positive. So um, through all this soft testing and a lot of validations, it really made me believe that this product is something that people actually need, people actually want. So that's been the whole driving force, you know, <laughs> right. to bring something that people need to uh, to the market. Yeah, that's great. What was sort of the first steps though out of the gate? I mean, I know you mentioned obviously some of the marketing stuff that you're just doing, but like, is it building a prototype of it? Is it mocking up? Is it just sourcing the material? What, what was kind of like your first process, uh, that, you, that your first thing out of the gate basically? If we're talking about first things, even before we build any prototypes, even we, even before we started doing anything, um, we first had a very rudimentary design of the luggage. Uh, we uh, had designers design about 20 different uh, basic luggage types. Mm-hmm. Um, again, our whole idea was that this needs to be an, an item that's uh, nothing too fancy, fairly basic shapes. So fairly basic items. And then uh, we, we did surveys. Uh, we, did, so we did surveys of 1,000 people and had them vote on the design of the luggage. And uh, the one that came on top, uh, we, we uh, did um, 3D CADs and did visualizations of it. And then we posted, we posted uh, those ads with our brand message, with our whole missions and ideas. And we created a website to see that, uh, and then put a price on top to mm-hmm. see hey, what people want to buy. <laughs> and then uh, when people reacted positively to it, uh, you know, then we move forward with prototyping. Mm, that's smart. Of the uh, Kickstarter videos, uh, you know, to uh, really drive home the Kickstarter campaign. Yeah, that's awesome. That's that's a, that's a really smart move uh, in terms of getting that sort of data, uh, you know, yeah. behind before you start going making something that just you want and you realize, oh, nobody yeah. else wants it. <laughs> you know, right, right, right. Yeah, uh, that's great. That's great. So, uh, what kind of like what size team are you working with right now um, for this project? Um, so right now it's mainly three people that we're mm-hmm. working with. Uh, it's uh, me, and then we have a person who's in charge of more marketing and PR side of things, and then we have one person taking care of supply chain. Um, of course, uh, we also have a lot of support from our design team as well as, as our uh, factory supports in China. 
Mm-hmm. When it comes to like those, those, those core team members, because I think this is always an important thing for project creators running campaigns. What were you looking for to, to, in partnerships or in team members or, you know, what, what, what kind of attributes were you looking for that you wanted to make sure that you had, uh, you know, maybe even before you started this project, what were you looking for? Yep. So the first idea is that everybody really needs to believe in the product. That's one of the key things. So we explain the idea to them to see if that they, if they would want, this is something that they would want to buy. This is something that they can really believe in. I think this is the core fundamental thing, right? Everybody needs to believe in the project for it to really work well. Um, a, second, a second attribute that I think is really important is a lot of, uh, I guess, a little bit of entrepreneurism, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they need to be able to be flexible because we are a small team. We need to react quickly. We need to uh, work fast, sometimes work very long hours, and uh, being able to really get things done. Because uh, for us, it's a lot of learning process. Uh, we are our first time Kickstarter. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's a lot of things for us to learn. And every day, there's new things popping up, new challenges coming from whether it's overseas, whether it's supply chain, whether it's a marketing thing, whether it's a piece of code on Google Analytics that didn't work. <laughs> you know, a lot of things for us, it's figuring out process. Right. So that was very important for us. And, and, and kind of internal with, with your team, what, how are you, or what tools are you using to sort of keep communication going? Because I find, again, a lot of project creators are, you know, they're not relying on some tools. Are there anything that you guys are using to just either streamline or automate some of your processes to make the communication flow smooth? Uh, well, for us, since we're a pretty small team and we're all right next to each other, so mm-hmm. our communication <laughs> has been fairly easy on that respect. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, communicating with the outside partners, we do primarily through, uh, through emails and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But we do... Uh, we do have a, 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 a use Google documents to track all of our progress and update each other on the different things that everybody else do, is doing. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, regular meetings. Uh, sometimes during the lunch phase, we actually have meetings like uh, every half a day. Right. Over to things, see what's going on, just updates and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. But That's great. We're, we're small. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I yeah, I mean, I, I think groups of three are actually the best, the best way to actually move the needle forward. And when your teams get too big and you've got, you know, 10 people and nobody really knows what a couple people are doing, but Hey, they're here, you know? So I think, I think a group of three is usually like a really solid number to move, to actually move the ball forward uh, for startup companies. So well, let, let's move over to the actual Kickstarter. So we're talking, let me pull up the pull up your campaign here again. So we're talking with about, two weeks to go. So when people are hearing this, you'll have probably roughly 10 days to go or so. Um, and you had a goal of $20,000, but currently you're sitting at 114,000 with over 890 backers, which is, that's a lot of backers, which is, which is awesome. So I guess, you know, talk to us a little bit about, um, why Kickstarter, why you chose to do crowdfunding instead of maybe just a pre-order on a website or something along those lines, maybe even why not Indiegogo, but why did you uh, ultimately, you and your team choose Kickstarter to, to launch this? Yeah. So um, I believe uh, Kickstarter is a great platform to, again, it's uh, still my whole idea of validating the idea, mm-hmm. of, uh, to validate the idea. Because uh, people on Kickstarter, um, uh, a lot of there's a lot of uh, passionate backers out there. Uh, they understand projects. They ask a lot of smart questions. They ask, they ask a lot of challenging questions. Uh, <laughs> so this is what we really wanted: a core cool group of people who um, again believe in the product and who can become ambassadors for, for the product when we do actually deliver, deliver it to them on time. <laughs> <quality>. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, that's what we were looking for in the first part in the Kickstarter. The second part of it is, again, the whole idea of validating. We still wanted to make sure that this, pro this project is going to work well before we launch a full scale. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think the validation and uh, a core group of members is two reasons why we, why we chose Kickstarter. And opposed, as opposed to Indiegogo, I guess uh, that was a, uh, the, the, both of them are very great platforms. And uh, I guess one of the reasons we chose Kickstarter is that when we were looking, when we were looking at the, um, just it was mainly a sheer, sheer traffic uh, point of view. Mm -hmm. I think uh, we, one of the research that we did uh, showed that Kickstarter overall just had a greater base. Um, so we felt that was yeah. probably our better, better shot there. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's typically what we find too in, the, in these campaigns. So, before you hit the launch button, what was some of the data points that you were trying to hit? Was there anything internally that you were, you know, we want to have X amount of emails or this many Facebook friends or what, what, whatever it is. Was there anything internally that you were looking for that you actually knew that you were ready to launch? Yes. Um, so a couple of key, key data, data points for us. The first one is uh, like we were saying on the email list. That mm -hmm. was very important. Uh, um, I think uh, our data, our uh, goal actually internally was 10K. We need to have at least a 10k email list before we actually launched, uh, which we actually surpassed. I believe we were doing, we had about 13k when we actually started on the day. Um, so we wanted to have a big email uh, email list to start with. The reason being is that we wanted to have a very good first day. Um, that uh, that was going to be very. In all the research that we've done, it showed that it was very important for us to have an important first day for the campaign to take off and do well. Uh, so we did a lot of uh, marketing to gather uh, the email list beforehand. Um, another metric that was important for us was cost per lead. Like how, what was the cost for us to uh, get those email lists? Mm -hmm. Now our primary method of getting the, um, the email list was through Facebook app. Mm -hmm. uh, and our, uh, our, our target cost per lead was at least going to be $2, below $2. And I believe we ended up around, around $1.50. So um, that was okay for us, and uh, we, that's why that's how we were able to compile the uh, 13k email list. Right, right. Um, we also looked at a couple of uh, other tangent uh, metrics, such as uh, click-through rate, um, such as conversion rate uh, at the at the email pages. Mm -hmm. But uh, those two were the main uh, main numbers we were looking. Yeah, that's great. Well, it looks like to me, I'm looking at your kind of some data behind the scenes and it looks like you did about 70 grand on that first day, which is, that's a huge, huge first day. So that must've just been off the hook with, you know, with notifications. <laughs> ding, yeah. ding, 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 ding. Yeah. 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 It, was, it was actually very surprising. We were actually discussing internally whether or not the first day was going to be big because um, we weren't sure if uh, how Kickstarter people behaved, uh, mm -hmm. what the backers behaved. We weren't sure if people were so keen on coming at the first five minutes or ten minutes. Right. But, uh, that was very. It was a bit surprising to us, and everybody flew in. You know, yeah. uh, came in during the first. Um, I think we were sold out of our super early specials within the first fifteen minutes. That's great. Yeah. That yeah. was very surprising to us. And that we actually had a lot of backers complain that they weren't able to get it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, they got to be faster. Open the emails. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that, that was a pleasant surprise. Yeah. yeah, that's great. So has there been anything behind the scenes um, in your dashboard that's maybe something that you weren't expecting? I don't, like, you know, like a country that popped up that's, that's very active right now. Or has there been anything that you, you've, you know, outside of obviously that first day, was there anything behind, in your dashboard where you're like, wow, I, we've got sales in Brazil? I, I don't know. Just anything that's been unique? Yeah. So that was actually one of the things that we've been recently been talking a lot about. Um, uh, this is actually a big challenge for us. 
because the luggage as a product is very difficult to ship. <laughs> uh, it's extremely, it's very big and bulky. Yeah. Inter international shipping is actually extremely expensive. Right. To give you some data points, uh, for me to ship a piece of luggage from the east coast of the U.S. to the west coast of the U.S. costs seventy dollars <laughs> for FedEx. Right. That's very expensive. That's yeah. more than the cost of my luggage alone. Right. For me to ship anything from uh, our, we are based in New Jersey. From New Jersey to say Germany, cost is two hundred US dollars. <laughs> so it really defeats the purpose of uh, selling <laughs> yeah. luggage at a revolutionary price. <laughs> the cost of uh, shipping is three times your cost of luggage. Mm -hmm. So that was a big challenge for us on how to price each, each uh, how to set the international uh, shipping prices. Mm -hmm. um, and we did research, and we never really got any good answers. Nobody seemed to really know. Yeah. Um, um, so we ended up actually setting what we thought was very aggressive price points. Um, I think we initially said it was $40 to Europe and $70 to the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. We were actually thinking we'd probably make a loss on those things. Right. Uh, it is what it is. But then during the first day, we noticed 95% um, of our sales came from the U.S. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. I think that, that, that might be, the data might be skewed because of the fact that um, uh, because of our Facebook ads, which we, 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 we generated the leads, were primarily targeted, we targeted that towards a U.S. audience. Right, right. That was a big reason why. But then I would have thought that the natural algorithm for Facebook would have brought in more international customers, but it was less than I thought. Yeah. So we figured that, hey, maybe uh, our high shipping cost is turning people off. Um, so we revisited that, and then we updated our whole campaign to say that, um, uh, if the shipping cost uh, for international backers, we'd have to see. Um, we'll talk to you about shipping after the campaign, mm -hmm. um, because uh, frankly, if there's enough ship, enough uh, uh, backers, say from the Euro from the European region, and we are able to ship a container over there to Europe, right? That would have lowered the cost tremendously for everybody yep. involved. Right. Not something that we would have known before we started making sales, so we can't really promise that. Right. That was a difficult call for us. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Yeah, shipping, uh, that's why I, luggage and coolers. Whenever I see a cooler campaign, I'm like, man, wait till you guys get to shipping because you're just shipping a big thing of air, right? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's very problematic. Yeah, uh, that's funny. So, you know, I mean, you're in that middle of the campaign. We typically call that the old trough of despair. And, and like every campaign, you know, you're, you know, you're doing this uh, along. What are you doing to sort of keep the momentum up, keep the energy going? Um, you know, outside of being obviously on this podcast, but what are some of the other things that you might be doing that, that just keeps that, that energy going? Yep. So we are, uh, so we are, first of all, we have reached out to a lot of campaigns, um, different campaigns, and we are doing, uh, we are arranging cross promotions with them. <laughs> um, we are reaching out to, to uh, a lot of, uh, uh, we're reaching out to some influencers to see if they would be willing to talk about our campaign, basically get more PR and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, we are also, uh, making great we are also keeping our backers updated uh about information about stretch goals about the uh, shipping uh the mm -hmm. shipping changes that i just discussed mm -hmm. keeping them uh on the loop about uh our additions uh, additions to the uh, interiors that we're upgrading interiors that we're talk that we're doing so basically keep communicating with our uh existing uh database of uh backers and then also uh, reaching out to different venues and uh, basically trying to get as much uh, exposure as we can. Yeah, that's great. That's great. 
So what kind of, what, what, what happens, you know, obviously the campaign ends, uh, takes a couple of weeks for all the money to get into the bank accounts and stuff. What starts the process for you guys at that point? Uh, well, I guess the, uh, if the, when the campaign ends, the biggest thing for us will be actually the logistics of everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now we are looking to, we need to place the orders, actually get the orders through. We need to, uh, We'll be creating surveys to sending out to all of our backers. Um, we already foresee a lot of, you know, it's, that's being a challenge there. There's a lot of backers all in different regions finding out exactly what each one wants. And I've heard that Kickstarter's backend is not very good with that type of thing. Uh, you, you, depending on how many orders you have, which you're getting close there, you, you may want to look at a third party, depending on your profit margins there. Oh, exactly. uh, yeah, uh, I think it was what CrowdOx or BackerKit might be. Uh, yes, a couple of them. Already, uh, talked with Packer Kid, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think the other one, look at CrowdOx too. Um, I think okay. they've, they've done some pretty good stuff too, but yeah, especially when you're getting high up in the orders and if there's any sort of customizations, whew, <laughs> uh, you can be in a survey nightmare behind, uh, in the back of the Kickstarter. So, yeah. So yeah, we're hearing, we are hearing more things about that. We haven't quite, we haven't actually gotten to that yet, but, uh, I foresee some difficulties with that part. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's one of the first things that, uh, when, when you have real successful campaigns that you're, you did, you know, you're like, I didn't realize that, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, so it sounds like obviously just getting all that ready to go. And what does like the next year look like? Is this something that, you know, you just see yourself continuing to work on this project? Is there new designs coming down the pipeline? Well, what, what does like the next year look like? Um, so for our next years, I mean, we're definitely uh, still thinking about it. We uh, perhaps uh, I think I think uh, one thing that we see uh, popular on uh, that uh, Kickstarter is um, uh, environmentally friendly items. I mm-hmm. noticed quite a few of those. So uh, we are thinking about launching a new line with an environmentally friendly luggage. Mm, but uh, this is something that also needs a lot of development work. So uh, I mean, we're still working on it. So we're not, uh, def- it's not a definitive thing. Mm-hmm. Yet. But we're definitely looking to expand the, uh, op- the uh, Optimus line and then making that into a real brand. Yeah. So is that, I mean, is that maybe like a five-year plan or something, just having multiple products all in the sort of Optimus vibe and energy color schemes, that sort of stuff? And Absolutely. The, and then are you envisioning as a, just as a brand and as a company itself kind of, using Kickstarter as validation and launching for, you know, multiple luggage lines? Is that what kind of is the conversations like? Absolutely. So first of all, I don't, uh, our plan is not to introduce a wide range of lines. Mm-hmm. Because for example, uh, that's, that's what the traditional, um, what the traditional uh, luggage brands do. They have new things coming out every, every quarter, you know, mm-hmm. uh, every year. For, for me, in, in thinking that it's really not all that necessary because uh, the reason for a lot of luggage, um, why a lot, a lot of luggage companies uh, currently do this now is because a lot of stores have this requirement. Mm. You know, um, a lot of stores need to keep their stores looking fresh. Right. So they require you to introduce a new new set of luggage, uh, a new design of luggage, um, you know, uh, every quarter, every few months. Mm-hmm. But frankly, that's a lot of... Uh, a lot of, in my mind, a lot of development that's not necessary because, frankly, the product is not being changed in any way. Right. It's looking slightly different than the previous. Mm-hmm. Right. We went from blue, blue to light blue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so a lot of product development, a lot of development cost actually goes into this. So one of our, that's also one of our core, function, uh, core ideas as well. 
it's really not needed. It doesn't really benefit the customer in any way mm -hmm. for you to have the 2,200 different luggages out there, all pretty much the same thing. Right. For us, we're going to keep our lines minimal. We're going to have a keep a few lines. We're going to introduce some new colors, which is, which is minimizing the cost there. Mm -hmm. So our whole idea is that we're going to be running a very streamlined, very lean operation. The fundamental idea, keeping the, keeping the price low for the customer. That's cool. That's cool. Very cool. So where can people find out more information? How can they kind of dive into your world, explore uh, outside of Kickstarter and stuff? Uh, well, Kickstarter is a very good starting point. We put a lot of information on there, but we are already uh, in the process of developing our own, uh, the Optimus website. So at optimusluggage.com, which will be uh, hopefully up by the time our Kickstarter ends. Mm -hmm. um, we'll have uh, definitely more information on there. Um, for the first few months uh, after Kickstarter ends, uh, people can still go and pre-order uh, our luggage on there if they want. Um, and then uh, when we do actually start getting stocked, it'll turn into a full-life e-commerce website where they can actually cool. buy and uh, yeah. Very cool. Very, very cool. Well, I appreciate you taking time out of your, uh, you know, I know it's a busy time with an, uh, a Kickstarter that's going well. You can always be doing something, right? There's, right. there's never, never a moment of not working. So I appreciate you taking time out of, uh, to have this conversation. I know my listeners are going to get a ton out of it and, uh, I wish you nothing but success. I'm going to be watching from afar over the next two weeks and just kind of see where you end. And, uh, I wish you a lot of luck on this thing. Really, really great campaign and, uh, and good luck, good luck in the future. Perfect. Thank you so much, Jeff. All right. Thanks so much. Bye now. All right. How about that conversation? Uh, really interesting stuff there. We really got into the weeds on, on, uh, on manufacturing, shipping, uh, you know, how, how to survey your customers, how to get the information before you go to market, all that sort of stuff. So uh, really great conversation. Thanks again so much for taking time out of your project, uh, out, out, you know, out of your Kickstarter campaign. Um, so, all right. The song we listen to is a song called Standing Still. This was on the Sugar Roses collection. Okay. I don't think you guys have ever heard it, but whatever. Uh, so I hope you guys are enjoying. Uh, have a great rest of the weekend, and I will talk to you all next week. This poison that's spreading through me. It's made us so numb that it's not gonna hurt. But tell me when to You weren't at home